This is uh, the second time I'm visiting this church. Last time was 20 years ago. It was very, a, a very nice experience for me. I was very, th I'm very thankful for that gathering. And now I'm with you again. This time I am um, with another purpose of my in the, in the current chapter of my life. You, the last song you sang is not easy for me to sing uh, because 17 years ago we left the US. Uh, we had lived here for three years, my wife, me, and our three children, three years where we were um, w involved in fundraising for a mission in Israel. I had been there, we had been there 10 years before working. And um, during that three years, I resigned as Church of Norway pastor to become an LCMS member at our Savior, Carol Stream. And um, seeing what the, ch the, the, the de deterioration in Norway was in theology in the Church of Norway, I realized I either had to stay here as a theological refugee for the sake of uh, my own and my children's salvation or be a part of a startup in Norway of a confessional Lutheran church. So my motivation 17 years ago was then to go to Norway, help start a confessional Lutheran church. I wish I was so pious as it was here, God sent me. I would, I would rather have said God sent someone else. <laughs> uh, and I'm still I'm that kind of person. I'm not that holy. Uh, you probably are far beyond my level. But I was and is very concerned about the salvation of my children. I do anything. What's the purpose of my life if my children don't get saved? So that is my motivation, purely selfish. If I can do something that can help my children and the other children, that's enough for me. And may God, may I hope God, I can be a part of God's plan doing that. So 17 years ago, we left for Norway. We started in the living room of my brother, one family there, my family, and a student. That was 17 years ago. Uh, today, uh, we have eight congregation and startup congregations in Norway and one in Iceland, but we are very small. Very many of our congregations are extremely small. You understand that when I say that these nine congregations in total have 150 members combined. We have a clergy of six, that with full, full theological education for all of them. And I expect, and we have a pastor training program, five-year program, where I expect next year, 10 months from now, to have ten, four new ordinations of young pastors. That's in God's timing because four of us, six, are around 70 years old. So it is. So what has been my biblical, because I know there's one thing God cannot. He cannot lie. So these words in the Bible are the words that helps me understand what he will do. One thing is you have heard already is from Acts 1.8, right? You are to be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That is his will. 
That is geographical, of course. It means Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. But the further away you go from Jerusalem, the more pagan people were. Jerusalem had the Old Testament. The Samaritans had a version of the Old Testament. But you go all the way to the ends of Norway and Illinois, it's pagan. And Norway is getting post-Christian pagan. 17 years ago, till today, things have even changed in your country. I can see that. It's changing in my country, and we're ahead of you. It's darker where we are. It's getting pitch dark. But he sent us to go as far away from Jerusalem's light into the pitch dark area because he has, he's the king everywhere. Go and be my witness to all nations. I have the power, he says, to the ends of the earth. But when we, when we then start congregations in Norway, we start with groups much more than you're used to. Church planting books in your country can't be used by me. Because here they say you gather 20 people or something. We gather one pastor and a handful. Five times it happened to me that one person showed up. And Jesus has special words to those congregations that are so small. Where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in their midst. Right? That's for us. What other congregation have special words from Jesus <laughs> than us? And we can rejoice. I'm, that's my introdu introduction word when we gather. Two people coming and me. We're three. Well, Jesus has a word for us. Designed for us. Don't be discouraged because worship really gets down to basic when you're three. It is not we who come together in order to do something for God. Make him happy with my songs and all that. Because God can do that much better himself with his angels. They sing nicer than I do. And the angels keep their focus on God. When I sing, I may end up thinking, what are we to have to dinner today? What kind of heathen am I? And I say, I love God. Well, sometimes I think, how deep to, is my love for him? But our worship is not we coming together to do things for him. It's he bringing us together, collecting, bringing us together to give us the gift of forgiveness for my sins. And that gift can be given when three people are gathered in his name. You don't need to be 200. And you can rejoice in that. And when three, these three are gathered in his name, when we bring the bread and the wine and, and say the words of, of uh, consecration, the same body and blood is there to be given to me as the one, it's him who walked here on the surface in Jerusalem where I lived 10 years. I get him. You get him. We can be three. We're down to basic. We sing, 
I tell you, there's no musician. You don't feel great because one or two of the three are not good singers. If I am dependent on good singers in order for worship, then it's me doing things for him. No, he gathers us to do things for us. We have what we need then. He is telling me, I am the one who brings you the gift of salvation. Jesus is the one who's put on his cross, on his back, on his shoulders, is putting your sins, and not only the ugliest sins, but also the sins of not being fully devoted to him, because I'm not. My yes to him is not deep enough. My singing to him is not good enough. Nothing of what I do is good enough. And God says, give me the one and only gift that I don't have. <coughs> Sorry. Give me your sins. Confess your sins. I have the one gift I want to give you. Forgiveness for your sins. That's the only thing. And I'll tell you, when we're three together, we have that gift to give him. And you have that gift to give him. He's saying, give me, confess your sins, because I'm going to give you salvation, the, the forgiveness. As long since baptism, you are living in that context of forgiveness all your life, unless you step out of it and say, no, I want to carry my own sins. I don't call that sin anymore. You know, society has redefined what's sin. As long as you say, Lord, what you're saying is true about me being a sinner. I don't feel a sinner always, but you tell me I'm a sinner. But you tell me that you forgive me. You have given salvation to me. It's all by grace. You can be three people. Or as in, Jer in Tel Aviv, we have this startup congregation. They have a core of five. They get the same gift. He gathers us. And you see, when you have f realized that, you don't get discouraged by being worship of five people. You rejoice. I mean, to all of sun on the West Coast, we have, we have a core of about three people, no, five people. One of them is driving one, and a one hour, including a ferry, in order to get to, to the worship service. And is there anything more important to do during a week than come together and hear the word of God and get communion and that fellowship? After receiving such a gift, there is even in us sinners in Norway an echo saying, God, we know we can't give you anything that pays for our own salvation, but is there anything we can do to give in this world a smell of who you are. And then we discovered in Norway, and you know it also, you are concerned with the salvation of your children, I think. At least I am with my children. Because what kind of a dark pagan society is this turning into? How can they get saved? But God has also a pain in his heart. God loves all people. But you know, God has the firstborn people group 
Israel, the Jews. God is weeping for them. They are the distant relatives of Jesus. So our church, we are very small. We learned actually from your, your congregation 20 years ago and from other Northern Illinois congregations who helped jumpstart us in Norway. We decided we want to give 10% of all money given in Norway. We want to give to overseas mission. So we tithe. We did it from day one. And we said we, we will give independent of the, what it cost us as a church. So in our church, we have to be part-time pastors, paid also part-time secular job. I'm a traffic manager at the bus terminal in Oslo, 20% position. And I had to trade shifts in order to be with you. Um, we, I could go full-time, but I think if the pastors have to go part-time, I'd need to do it myself. And we never want to give up 10% to overseas mission. And then some, um, uh, in 2017, I happened to get to know something in Israel that opened the doors that could help plant the confessional Lutheran church there. I've lived there 10 years, speak Hebrew. I discovered that among the 1.3, approximately, million Russian immigrants to Israel, some of them have Lutheran background. And then we decided, let's help start a confessional Lutheran church, helping them and others to get to know the pure gospel. The gospel is the power of salvation for everyone who believes, says Paul in Romans. The gospel is the power of salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and then for the Gentile. So our church said, let's give our mission tithing now to that project. It's not much. I mean, when it's $15,000 a year, I know this is peanuts for you guys, but this is beyond 10% of everything we have. And uh, on this trip, I also looking for other congregations who are willing to add their shoulders because the project in Israel costs more than our shoulders. It's not big enough. But we are seeing how this church has grown. We have a Russian-speaking pastor because the Russian immigrant group are so many that the older ones don't learn Hebrew. When I preach there in Hebrew, I need translation to Russian in this group. Gradually, it will be all be Hebrew, of course. There's a, on the way out, you will see actually a banner there presenting the church. So we are trying to live, I mean, you already know, understand, we are extremely small, but we're saying, why can't we be a part of the big picture? Why can't we take part in the big project God has? You are to be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth. And there's some people saying, perhaps God has given up the Jewish people. Hasn't he given them a, perhaps their time's up. And say, so that's a scary thought. Because if God has given up the Jewish people to whom he has given so many promises, how do I know he hasn't given up me and my children? Because I'm not that very holy myself. If God has given up them, I'm big trouble. But God has not given up them. And that gives me comfort that he will not give up me. And there are those who say, oh, but you know, there could be, couldn't there be other ways of salvation for the Jewish people than uh, the way we know, the Christian way? And my answer is wrong question. 
the right question is, is there a different way of salvation for the non-Jews than for the Jews? And the, the answer is no. There is only one way of salvation. It's the Jewish way through Jesus the Messiah, the King of Israel and the Savior of the world. That's the one and only way for all. The gospel is the power of salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and then for the Gentile. So I'm so thankful that I get to meet you that inspired us when we started in Norway 17 years ago. We wanted to live like you. We wanted to carry our own burden. We wanted to give to overseas mission. I know we're very, very small, but who has said, who, who's, who's to say that we're too small to be a part and do what we can? And, when we've, and, and as we figure out the fine-tuning of church planting in the post-Christian Europe, it may be helpful for you one day also, perhaps. Because things are getting darker in many places. And um, as long as he is in power, and he's in power to the ends of the earth, we have really nothing to fear. The gospel is the power of salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and then for the Gentiles. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you that you have uh, given this congregation so much. I thank you for the preaching, the, the baptisms, the Holy Communion, the means of grace you use to keep this congregation in the true faith everlasting. Thank you that you can do that to us in Norway and in Iceland, giving us everything we need. Amen.